Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? Dude, welcome to No Shave November. <laughs> I see you're sporting a little uh, facial growth. That's right. As am I. I started my No Shave November in October. Nice. I don't know about you, Nathan. Getting an early jump on it. Oh, for me, it's lazy November. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, dude, I hate shaving. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. And I, what a first world complaint. Right. right. But it is, <laughs> it's what Taylor Swift would call a champagne problem. <laughs> I hate shaving. Yeah. So often, like, and even Lisa, <clears throat> after 29 years, has probably just given up. Um, it's probably a better, more, uh, you know, uh, a positive way to put that. But it used to be, oh, yeah, you, uh, Saturday night, you're going to shave for church? No, nah, I don't care. Right. I'm going to go on there and uh, basically wear my sweat clothes. Right. Uh, open up the scriptures, preach, and let the shag just be all over, you know, my uh, my countenance. But. Well, the good news for you is, uh, well, I don't know if this is good news for you or not, but uh, you're, you're aging enough at this point where it's all one color. Thank you, dude. For the longest time, it's still a little there. I had the triple. I got yeah. red and brown, black, white, a little bit of gray. It's pretty much all going that whitish gray. Yeah. Uh, there are some advantages, and I mean some, <laughs> capital S, some, very few advantages to getting old. Um, but yeah, my son started No Shave November on the 1st, and he goes, Dad, are you going to do it? And he said, you should shave. I said, no, I got a head start. Um, I started October 20th, <clears throat> and going to keep it going. We'll see. It gets to the point where it shags up so much. Yeah. It gets You've got to do a restart. Yeah, and I and I might do that. Yeah, I might do that for sure. Yeah, I'll see how long I go. I underneath the neck, I've got to keep that shaved. Yeah. Um. So I'll do that, but uh, we'll we'll see how long I grow it out on yes. the face. So. And you know what I'm hoping for, Nathan? We'll let our wonderful listeners tell us. Yeah. Please tell us, especially if you're listening to this cast in the car. Yeah. Right before we went on today, our tech wonderkind. Yep. Young Stephen Smith was doing something on your computer. Yeah, he he set up a uh, some kind of a, um, filter on here and and worked his magic and audio boost yep, something. Yep. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it we'll see how it works because a lot of people do tell us now, dude. When I listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. I am often listening to it on my phone in a quiet room. Yeah. But most people probably listen in their cars. in their car. Yeah, yeah, and they just plug in Bluetooth or, you know, yeah. aux or whatever. And I know a lot of people have told us they have to crank it. Yeah, and and that's interesting because many of the people that I talk to, uh, they, they're like you said, they're listening to it in a quiet place. They've got their earbuds in or yeah. something. And um, I've asked a multitude of people, you know, and because we have gotten online um, complaints about it. And I've asked people, no, I don't have any problems with the sound. It works. and. 
Uh, you're right. I think I think what it is is the car. It is, um, and I I don't think I've ever listened to it driving to and from work. It's yes. usually I get to work, set up in my office, and then. I'm listening to the episode we just released just to make sure everything came out okay. And it always sounds fine. And it always sounds fine. Yeah, so uh, if it doesn't sound good, then we're going to be like the doctor when you go to him and say, Doctor, uh, do you have any advice? Every time I move my elbow, it hurts. Right. Yeah, don't, don't move your don't elbow. Don't move your elbow. <laughs> so listen to every it time I listen to it in the car, it doesn't sound good. Don't listen to it. <clears throat> in don't the car. listen to the car. Problem solved. Um, so no, we'll, we, we'll see. We're and we're continuing to work and improve uh, everything that we do. So yes, you know we'll we'll continue to make sure that we we get better and better. Yes, just like you and I are getting better. That's and better. right. That's right. Let's just say that when our wives aren't present <laughs> and uh, see if we can get away. With it no, honestly, Nathan, you know, November, just to tell you what a Christmas nerd I am. Yeah. I remember being a little kid. I wonder if anybody else has had this thought. Maybe this is just my weird thought. When I got to September, I used mm-hmm. to thought, oh, now's kind of the time you can start talking about, you know, the the the, the back nine, so to speak. Sure, I can call sure. it that. And you're heading into the holidays and you know, the trifecta I always loved of Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Yep. Um, O-N-D, baby. Yes. And I may or may not have, meaning may, taken out my parents' old Andy Williams Christmas album in September and played it when nobody was around to hear a song <laughs> or two. And I always remember, dude, you go to October yeah, and the ending of the month changes. And then I always remember November 1st thinking, we're back to the embers. Yeah. Which is maybe the nerdiest thing ever. Hey. But I'm just throwing it out. You probably never had that thought, did you? Do? You know, uh, for for us, you know, it was always we were always strict uh, after Thanksgiving. Yes, maybe Thanksgiving Day. Right. So as right. the as the day was kind of winding down, maybe you're getting into the afternoon. We might put you know the those song or two on there. But I'll tell you what. Um, today I had Hark the Herald Angel sing stuck in my head because our choir oh. is practicing that and they're Love they're it. working on that for Christmas. And of course, if you're doing any kind of Christmas thing, you're already working on that music now. So Carol of the Bells and Hark the Herald Angel Sing were promptly running through my head the rest of the day. So. Oh, I love it, dude. I love <laughs> yep. it. Yeah, I love. Yeah, it's the nicest time of year. You start yeah. hearing those things. I will tell you, dude, on Halloween Day yeah. proper. You know, we did a podcast uh, for Halloween, but I don't think I said it then. I was at Walgreens, uh-huh. maybe 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I popped in because Lisa texted and said, oh, I actually didn't get any candy. I said, yeah, hopefully there'll be some left. And there was a good chunk. How weird is this, dude? Halloween day, mm-hmm. 2 p.m., I, I duck in there on my way here to church, grab a couple of bags. They're already discounted. Oh, wow. On Halloween Day, yeah. and above all the Halloween stuff on like the top of every shelf yeah. was all the Christmas stuff. That's crazy. Isn't well, that nuts? You walk into Walmart or, uh, I mean, Home Depot, Lowe's, and they've already got a huge section of their Christmas oh, stuff set up and ready to go. Dude, it's- And that was basically the end of September. You're right. And uh, just to let everybody know, as of November 2nd, Starbucks switched to the red holiday cups. Oh, did they? Yes. And I made sure to get my uh, annual peppermint mocha. Which, honestly, dude, I love the first sip. Mm -hmm. It's like a liquefied York peppermint patty. Yeah. And then after that, I'm like, why am I drinking this? Yeah. It's a little, even for me, it's like a bolus of pure sugar. Yeah. 
And, um, you know, I, I tend to be just a coffee guy. But anyway, that's all the intro for November, well, dude, you know, other than our theme. Yeah, other than our theme. But in <laughs> fairness, in fairness, um, while we have been faithfully dropping all of our podcasts, it has been a minute since you and I have sat down and, and got caught up and talked been with one another. Quite a long minute, dude. So, so we're um, kind of doing that in real yeah, time. doing that in real time. But yes, November, we're looking at, uh, I don't know how it's to put this, but some obscure verses, Ooh. right? Is it is it kosher? Yeah. Use that term kosher to say obscure. <laughs> obscure verses, maybe cryptic texts. Yeah. Um, those sort of... Uh, you, you kind of read them and, and you, you gloss over them and you look at it and you're like, huh. But hanging on them and pondering them. Yeah, head scratchers in yeah. some ways. We're like, what is this? Yeah. What is this happening? I uh, this isn't ours today, but I've always been, I remember the, as a young Christian, uh, probably 16, 17, when I was first starting to read the Bible, I, I still remember, I think I remember where I was. It was a real aha moment. Paul's incidental reference in 1 Corinthians 15 to baptism for the dead. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. And I remember just having a, a often study Bibles, not always, dude, have great notes except on the verses that you really want to know right <laughs> which is probably telling you something what is this thing <laughs> and i think i found and of course back then that was 86 87 yeah pre-internet a mm-hmm. lot harder to find things unless you could get to a christian bookstore and find a commentary or maybe yeah. ask a teacher at church that you think might have done some work on this and my goodness, today, dude, I take it for granted. Just hop on our phones. Oh, yeah. Go to a thousand sources. Not all great. No. But there is no shortage of um, proposed uh, sites that will offer their explanations. So yeah. We are going to do our best. Yes. To have those conversations on some of these cryptic verses. Yeah. And and hopefully we're also uh, got a couple of gentlemen in the wings, as it were, yes. who will join us for a bonus episode that kind of relates to some of this stuff, yeah. too. Uh, and so we'll hopefully we'll get into that and talk a little bit more about that as we move along. But November is cryptic texts, uh, obscure Bible verses, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, we're our first one that we're going to be looking at today. Actually, uh, we start in the very fir- first book of the Bible. That seems right. Um, and we're we're going to start in Genesis chapter six. Greg, I think you're going to take us further back than that. But yeah, our text actually starts in Genesis uh, chapter six, and. Many people would be familiar with this story, potentially. This is leading up to God's decision to destroy the world by a flood. Yes. Um, and so we read in Genesis chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 1, When man began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. Verse 4, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. And then if you continue into verse 5, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. 
And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So much to talk about even right there. Yeah. Um, So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So, Greg... Talk to us about this. We we Nathan, essentially thanks, have these. Uh, thanks for having me on. Right. Man. I, uh, <laughs> I can't wait for the next cast. Yeah, go, yeah come on. Dude. We, we wow. essentially have uh, this this word nephilim, and that's yeah. what we're kind of focusing on today. Is um, this this term the nephilim? And uh, there there have been I don't know how many movies and video games that have speculated this. I think yeah. I think probably one of the most common. Um, conceptions of this that uh, is out there is that these are angelic beings who have uh, mated with humans and they've produced these children called the Nephilim. Yep. Um, And I think, I think it's fair to say from uh, if if anybody's familiar with, like, like I said, movies or video games, this would be your understanding of who the Nephilim are. Yes. Um, and and it's also fair to say that there are many in church circles who who would agree with you. Yeah, that that this is who they are. Greg, you don't necessarily hold to that. No, I don't think I do, dude. And again, these verses and these you know obscure passages, cryptic verses, you know whatever we choose to call them, the the head scratchers. Again, I think I hearken all the way back to our very first reboot episode. Yes. Um, You know, and it's really about, you know, the old adage, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Yes. So another way we've addressed it before are, hey, you know, in in the traffic light illustration we use, the red light issues, they, they make us stop. Yeah. The journey can't continue. If I'm in one lane and you're in the other lane, Nathan, and we're on a beautiful summer day talking through our, in this uh, uh, wonderful vision, our Porsche convertible. <laughs> That's right. And uh, you say to me something like, oh, Greg, let's go on this journey together to, to encounter Christ and behold him and follow him. And I'm like, man, I'm with you, Nathan. And you say, isn't it awesome, Greg, that Jesus is fully God and fully man? And I say, well, no, hold on a second, Nathan. I want to do that journey with you, but I think I'm not so sure he's fully God. Like as we've used that illustration many times, yeah. that journey can't continue. Right at that point, like you would care about me, I right. know, but say, Greg, we we got to talk about this. Yeah, that's a deal breaker. Yes, there is no Christian journey. Yes, that's a red light issue. Yeah, the deity of Jesus. And it's fair to say, I mean, just kind of going back, um, we did a podcast on uh, the creeds in particular. Yes, and so. Anything that you see in the creeds, yep. I think it's fair to say those are red light issues. Yes. This is this is church history. This is what has been passed down to us for, uh, I mean, really thousands of years, oh, not just yeah. hundreds of years, but yeah. thousands of yeah. years yeah. as sure. um, you know, essential. We yeah. we cannot compromise on this. You put the bullet in the chamber and you put the gun to the head, and I will die over these issues. Yeah. Um, but then we talk about another part of the journey where, okay, we agree on all of these things Yep. and we continue our journey and then we come to the yellow light. Yes. 
And the yellow light is what, Greg? I think of them as convictions. If the red light are absolutes, mm-hmm. go to the mat, no compromise issues. Deity of Jesus, truthfulness of the Bible, um, uh, salvation through none other than Christ. Mm-hmm. You know these, these core issues that we just have to really say, when you're outside of those things, it's something else. It's yeah. not historic Christianity. But the conviction issues are always tricky because... They are issues, it, it, I call them yellow light issues, because mm-hmm. we're coming to that intersection. You don't need to stop, mm-hmm. but you should slow down. Yeah, We should listen to one another. Yeah. And I think uh, in those cases, whether that's two brothers or sisters and Christ talking about predestination mm-hmm. or free will, or they're talking about uh, charismatic gifts, mm-hmm. are tongues and prophecy still normative today? Mm-hmm. Are they not? Things we've addressed on this podcast mm-hmm. before. Those are issues that, yeah, as you know, Christians will have, I mean, they're lightning rod issues. Yes. Very strong convictions, strong opinions um, that we may have and disagree with one another. But at some level, we step back and say, wait a minute. We don't need to break over these issues. Yes. We need to listen to each other. I think we need to do our best to to articulate. I always say, uh, I think I got this from my father, who may have gotten it from Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird. But um, until you can articulate another person's position, one that you disagree with, to a point of their satisfaction, yeah. you haven't listened well. Yeah. And I love that because I have tested that. I'll say, Let, is this a fair representation of your belief on this issue? Mm. And you state it and you listen to what they say uh, or they listen to what you say. And hopefully they'd say, yeah, no, I think you captured that fairly. Yeah. Or, you know, you've got most of it right, but I wouldn't phrase it the way you did at the end, yeah. and then you try again. That That's good listening. Yep. And we can do that because these issues may have implications, mm-hmm. but they're not deal breakers. Right. They don't put somebody outside of historic Christian orthodoxy. Right. And then a quick one, dude. Preferences are green lights. Yeah. We're, we're, and you're like, man, dude, I just love... Uh, you know, this type of music. I yeah. love contemporary praise music. And uh, somebody says, oh, man, I prefer hymns. We just keep keep blowing through that right. intersection, dude. I mean, no interesting conversations. Nothing that we need to even really, right. other than say, that they're preferences. Yeah. You know, dude, I, the guy in the church uh, that I love, Matt, not Matt Smith, another Matt, uh, one of our former, uh, former elders, I'll say it, Matt Fonte, good dude. Uh, he loves what, I can't remember what it's called now. It used to be called the New American Standard Bible, now it's mm. under a new name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I can't remember. Maybe one of our listeners can. He and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago in church. He was showing me a verse and how it renders it. So that, that's really, I see that a little different than the ESV. Uh, but I'm sure Matt would say, those are preferences. Yeah. You know, those are preferences. They're, they're, they don't even, to me, rise to the level of conviction. Right. So all that quick background, or maybe yeah. not so quick background, this issue of wherever... You, our listeners, maybe land or get interested in this mm-hmm. topic. I'm going to give my best attempt at defining who I think the Nephilim are. Yep. Um, and I feel pretty confident that I'm standing on scriptural grounds, yep. logical reasoning, uh, deductive, biblical deductive reasoning, even inductive, I would say. Um, that does not mean I'm right. Sure. I have not heard from heaven on this issue. Right. This is not a red light issue. Um, 
uh, Dave Shive, a good friend, mentor, mm-hmm. has been on this podcast, would completely disagree with me yeah. on my take. And notice we conveniently left him out. Right. <laughs> um, sorry, Dave. Uh, we just couldn't dignify your substance. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, dude, if I may, yeah. with all that, uh, did you want me to say anything else on all that background? No, I, stuff, think, I, think that's, I think that's perfect. It's just, it's to show, and, and I think we're going to find that many of these verses are going to be like that. Agreed. Um, you know, in order to to get more information on uh, the Nephilim, you have to go to um, some more obscure books that are not considered uh, biblical canon. Um, I believe, doesn't the book of Enoch talk about this? These are part of the Apocrypha. Um, yes. So the book of Enoch talks about these it things does. a little bit more. Um, and, and in fairness, uh, the book of Enoch was read along with scripture yep. historically as, uh, would it be fair to say almost a, a historical book that gives you some some context to uh, the time frame that these things are written in. Is right. That, is that kind of fair? Like this uh, is, Book of Enoch agree. we might say is more of a historical book written around to give historical context, but yep. um, was not canonized with scripture. No, it's much like the New Testament Apocrypha, or I'm sorry, the Old Testament Apocrypha, like Maccabees, mm-hmm. uh, first and second, particularly first. First Maccabees, scholars tell us, is an in, invaluable book yeah. to know about what's called the intertestamental period, mm-hmm. pretty much post-Malachi before Jesus, those roughly 400 years, you get some really valuable information yeah. about um, uh, the Roman Empire's mm-hmm. uh, encroaching yeah. upon the nation of Israel and their, their frankly, their, their dominance over the entire world, which sets the stage for the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um but we can look to that for historical information, yep. interesting facts, archaeological, historical reference. But we don't look at it as authoritative scripture. Yeah. So, but it do- doesn't mean we don't look at it, right? Uh, as a tool. Um, all right, dude. Well, let, maybe I should say this: a common view of this passage, and I'm pulling it up right here, dude. Thank you for reading it. Obviously, this is all the setup for the the flood. Yes. Noah's Ark. Um, where we have God expressing displeasure, as you hinted, which is could be a ten-part podcast yeah. series itself. <laughs> um, you know, does the Lord regret things? And yeah. my short answer to that is that it is, to use the fancy term, an anthropomorphic term, right? Like man, uh, much like uh, the Psalms that talk about uh, the nostrils of God. Yeah, I don't believe, according to what Jesus says in John four, that God presuming God the Father, is a bodily being. Right. He doesn't have nostrils in that sense. John, In, in John 4, Jesus says, God is spirit. Yeah. Those who worship him must worship in, in spirit and in truth. But it's an anthropomorphism. Right. It helps us understand, oh, uh, the, the sacrifices, whether they are pleasing yeah. or they make God wince right. due to their hypocrisy, etc. That's... It's it's an anthropomorphic expression yeah. that I think captures God's hatred of sin. Right. That's what I think is trying to be communicated there well, in and, Genesis six. And there's a sense too when when you as a parent look at decisions your children make and oh, you yeah. regret those decisions. Yeah. 
you're you're not actually looking on those things with regret. It's it's a way we would use mourning. mourning I mourn over this yep. decision that that has been made, and yes. it's not necessarily like. I, I regret my child being born and yes. making this decision. I regret that they are making, I making mourn it. that they're making these decisions. And you wish they'd done it differently. Right. Right. That's a great example, dude. I think it's a, it's a, it, it speaks of God's emotional yeah. heart towards sin and what it does to his creation, yeah. including us. So that's, this is all set up for that, that incredible moment, that sweeping flood um, so verse one, when man began to multiply on the face of the uh, of the land, and daughters are born to them, so we've got just a most would agree a quick reference to the ever expanding human population. Mm-hmm. Verse two, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive. Mm-hmm. Many have thought and argued that sons of God is a reference to angels which it can be used. Book of Job as an example. Mm-hmm. The sons of God attending, as it were, the court mm-hmm. of God's sort of command center. And Satan himself comes in, and um, Job is itself a, a tricky book, and we have to determine what's figurative and or at least have the, the conversation to sure. know that there's a framework of debate. But sons of God is used sometimes of angels. So a, a, an interpretation of this passage is that the angels saw that the daughters of men were attractive and they took as their wives any they chose. Uh, It appears that verse 3 seems to express, again, God's displeasure for this decision. Mm -hmm. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. Mm -hmm. So... Many people think that this is angelic and, dare I say, demonic, mm-hmm. because these angels, obviously, if they're having sex with women, mm-hmm. and there's there's a very disturbing little element, the ones that they chose, whomever they chose. Mm-hmm. And it may very well be that marriage is a euphemism here for sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so a a traditional interpretation is that here we have a passage where fallen angels— Mm-hmm. Um, have sex with women, and the offspring of those uh, relations are seen in verse 4. Mm-hmm. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. But let me go back to verse 3. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that it says, The Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. Yeah which is a radical reduction of right. the lifespan. Right. Because you're seeing Methuselah yeah. making almost a, almost almost a thousand yeah. years. Dude, it's incredible. Uh, and you're seeing a lot of these, saint, these saints named earlier in the story living centuries. Yes. 120 years uh, seems to be a, a, a reduction in man's lifespan that I think could reasonably be argued in some ways comes out of this great wickedness. Yeah. I find that strange if it's angels or demons who force themselves upon women. Right. The other reason that I'll just tell you, Nathan, I find it strange is because Jesus tells us in Matthew 19 that um, it's a tough passage. Mm -hmm. The Sadducees try to trap him because they disputed the concept of a resurrection 
uh, there's a uh, there's a uh, woman who is married to a man and he dies and then her brother custom called leverett marriage yep. steps up marries her he dies and then the third brother steps up it almost up. turns into like a comedy it central does. sketch seven uh, grooms for one bride right. right you know something like that and they all die and the whole point is to entrap jesus yeah and they say so at the resurrection who's she going to be married to yeah which one cuz the most logical choice would probably be the original or the most recent right uh, so, or maybe somebody in between, but who, and Jesus cuts right through all that and says, what? He says, uh, it's not going to be like that mm-hmm. in heaven. The angels, uh, he says, we will be like the angels who are neither married nor given in marriage. Yeah. So I've always had kind of a tricky time believing that I know it's kind of a very, I want to be mindful of children listening I don't see a Rosemary's baby right. thing happening here. Right. Uh, especially since the judgment is not upon the sons of God that are allegedly angels. Yeah. But appear to be on man. Yeah. Then we've got the Nephilim who are on the earth in those days. Now, my note here, I'm looking at my Bible app, um, great app here, you know, it's just called the Bible app, yep. right? Um, and uh, put out by version. And uh, Life Church, I think, does it. And the Nephilim, when uh, I open it up, see what it says there, dude? Or? Giants. Giants. Yeah. Right? And I don't know if that's New York or San Francisco. <laughs> um, the text is not making that clear. That's right. Nephilim has been translated as giants in some other ancient literature. Mm. Its etymology, however, is pretty simple. Eem is always plural. And Neph is to fall. It's the fallen ones. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will concede that that is used in some other literature to represent giants. That's a big subject in itself. But notice verse 4, the, the, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. So some argue that the Nephilim are these giants, mm-hmm. and they would argue that, well, look, that seems to be reinforced, the mighty men, the men of renown, you know, it could be, mm-hmm. uh, if they're talking in terms of physical stature. But it's it seems as though the sin continues. Mm-hmm. They are having uh, sexual relations with women. They're having children. But look at verse 5 again. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And there it is again. He regretted that he made mine on earth. I will blot out man whom I have created. I am really hard-pressed to believe that this started with some kind of angelic, physical engagement with women. Yeah. Now, I'm really going to back it up here, dude, when I go back to um, Genesis uh, chapter four, chapter four, we've got the Cain and Abel story, right? Yeah. Um, and of course we've got Cain who's jealous of the godly Abel, Mm -hmm. the brother. We don't fully know what I'm convinced there's some shorthand going on here. Abel brought a grain offering to the Lord that pleased him. Cain brought a meat offering to the Lord that displeased him. Uh, we don't really know why. Maybe mm-hmm. something to do with the state of their hearts. The text doesn't tell us. 
Uh, Cain is jealous. He rises up in anger, kills his brother Abel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eve is grief-stricken, of course. She's lost her son at the hands of her other son. Verse 25, and Adam knew his wife again. And she bore a son and called his name Seth. Uh, for she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth also was born, a son was born. He called his name Enosh. And uh, this is the only comment uh, made about Seth's offspring. Mm-hmm. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, if you back up, I know I'm covering a lot of ground here in chapter four. Cain's offspring, they accomplished some pretty cool stuff. Uh, and the text wants to point this out. Uh, one of the descendants, Lamech, um, took two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other was Zillah. Ada bore Jabel. Uh, he was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. Mm-hmm. Uh, his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all those who play the lyre and pipe. Zilla also bore everybody's favorite baby name for a Christian family, Tubalcain. <laughs> he was the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. Um, in Cain's offspring, they're marked by worldly accomplishment. Yep. We've got agriculture. We've got um, civilization. Mm-hmm. We've got music. We've got innovation, yep. bronze and iron, coming from the worldly line. Then you get down to Abel's offspring, replaced by Seth. What what does the text say? At that time, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Mm. I think what's being introduced here in Genesis are two lines yep. in humanity. And I think that's in keeping to something we're going to cover next month, dude, in yeah. our Christmas episode. Yeah. That there is a promise made to Eve. Yeah. That there's going to be a coming battle, mm-hmm. the seed of the serpent, yep. and the seed of the woman, and there's going to be. I think that's foretelling. There's a godly line, yep, and an ungodly line. Yeah. That is always the tension through all of Scripture. Yeah. The history of Israel. It's always there's a godly line and an ungodly line. So when I get to Genesis 6, and I'm skipping over a lot here in 5, which is also important, um, I just see a continuation that the sons of God are a reference to the godly line right? that compromised yeah. and fell, and there were children that were born. The Nephilim, the whole giants thing, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I will admit there's some cryptic uncertainty there for me. But I believe, Nathan, what we're seeing is they're the men of renown because right. like Cain's offspring, they're pretty they're pretty tough dudes. Yeah. They're warriors, they're they're great leaders, they're strong men. Yep. But the Lord is not impressed. Yeah. And he's going to pluck one family mm-hmm. from that godly line, the one man Noah, yep. who finds grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he's going to start over Yeah. again. Now, what we're going to see is out of that offspring, we've got two lines. Right. And that continues to go all the way through. So I'm very much a believer that we're, I don't look at Genesis 6 and find this cryptic, interesting, ooh, who's this race of, did Goliath come right. from this group? 
I see it in scriptural context, what happens when those who are to be following the Lord deviate from their path. Mm. And it was so significant that the Lord brought judgment. Yeah. Well, and, and again, all of that, I think you're right, hinges on... Uh, Genesis 3.15, which yeah. we're going to actually, like you said, we're going to explore that next month yep. when we get into December. You only got to wait one month. You only got to wait one <laughs> month. But it is so imperative because you read through Scripture and what is every parent is looking at the son that's born and saying, "This essentially, this is my salvation. Yeah, Salvation has come to me because... This is the promise that was made. And so everyone is, everyone's theology at this time is hinging on that promise that God makes to Eve. Yes. Yes. And so it just it makes sense when you follow the line and the pattern down when you get to Noah. Because again, uh, it, it's uh, Noah's father is Lamech, right? Another yes. Lamech. Yep. And he says the same thing. My salvation has come. And yeah. ultimately, it's it's going to be true. God is going to use Noah to deliver the human race to safety. Absolutely. dude. And if you think of that picture, which Peter references, mm-hmm. the ark itself yes. becomes a picture of Jesus. Yes. Right? Saving humanity. Yeah. Because Jesus is the ultimate descendant of that godly line. Yeah. The one who, because the godly line, here's the thing what we know, dude. They're godly in that there's the grace of God given yes. them. I always loved Noah. <laughs> Noah wasn't just this self-righteous guy. He found favor, favor right. in the eyes of the Lord. The God showed him sovereign mercy and kindness, yes. which he did not deserve right. any more than anybody else. And it changed him, but we see Noah mm-hmm. sin. We see David, part of that godly line, sin. Yeah. We see everybody you know, yeah. who's part of that godly line blow it until we get to the one. Yeah. Who does not blow it? Yeah. So I actually think the building blocks of the story of the gospel are here. Now, in deference to my friend Dave Shive, mm-hmm. who's not here, there are some really wonderful people. Uh, Dr. James Montgomery Boyce. I just mentioned him in a sermon recently, dude. Yep. He's the guy that, if you remember, uh, I tried to see uh, when he preached at Tenth Presbyterian Church yeah, in Philadelphia. Yeah. He uh, passed away in two thousand, year two thousand. And in the 90s, I had uh, three opportunities to see him in every single time. Don't you hate that? He wasn't there. <laughs> so, and then I think somebody said, oh, you'll hear him in heaven. I was like, well, I doubt he's preaching uh, yeah, in heaven. I, I, no, I, nobody's going to want to hear me preach right. in heaven. They're like, yeah, Dutcher, we're here. We don't need your subpar preaching anymore, right? We we we're, we got Jesus. We're glory. So in one sense, I'm like, man, all the preaching is done. Right. Because now we see him. So I thought, well, I won't get to hear him. But I, I've heard him on tape. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so At least was, you had that. <laughs> I, I had that, and he had this gravelly, um, thunderous kind of gravelly voice, uh, Dr. James Montgomery voice. And he uh, was a scholar. Mm-hmm. So I want to be, I want the, the audience listening yeah. to feel free to research this and yeah. look at this. I've given an argument. Now, I was greatly influenced by Dr. Robert Vinoy, who was my Foundations of Biblical Literature professor at seminary. Because I just still remember, dude, sitting in that classroom, September of 1993. I was probably, yeah, 23 years old, my first year at seminary, spellbound Mm -hmm. when he walked through so carefully with overhead slide after overhead slide, the the lines of descent and how consistent that theme is. And for me, it all clicked. Yeah. 
but I will be the first to say, Lord, I might get to heaven one day and find out I was wrong. Yeah. And I'm just going to be happy to be there. Right. Well, in and in fairness, right, the position of of the Nephilim being the this mixed, uh, you know, angelic human hybrid giants, we have legends, and the the Greeks, you know, I mean, I mean, all the gods that you see throughout history, whether it be Mesopotamian gods or Egyptian gods, Greek gods, Roman gods. Um, you know, you you look and you read the Epic of Gilgamesh and yes. all these fantastical things that have occurred with these superhero-like people, mm-hmm. right? And and we've talked about this before that in in every legend there's there's truth to it, absolutely. And so you know, it does cause um, pause to 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 contemplate where did these legends come from? Yeah. You know, where did these these superheroes come from? It had to be more than just, you know, the flights of fancy oh, sure. of, you know, well, you know, these are just the gods that I've made up and so they're just better versions of myself, mm-hmm. right? You know, there's there's something that had to be in there. And and we do see people acting supernaturally, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. you you get um Samson, right? Yep. Samson and Delilah. And Samson does some supernatural crazy stuff. Yeah, his story reads very much like a uh, origin superhero story, yeah. doesn't it? It's 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 interesting. And I'll say, dude, look, Goliath. Uh, the text is pretty clear. Appears to be about nine feet tall. Right. Uh, there's some debate on that whether it was a, a genetic defect. Mm-hmm. I don't we, I don't think we'll know until heaven. But um, the other argument that I did hear, I think Randy Alcorn say, might have been in his book on heaven. That I must say was an intriguing thought was that uh, just as the ages are being reduced, mm-hmm. are we seeing the effects of the fall on man not instantly, yeah, but over generations, yeah? So was there? You know, this goes back to the seventies, dude. You might remember from reruns. Uh, we can rebuild him, right? Six million yes. dollar man, yep. right? Bigger, stronger, faster, That's smarter. Right. Were our ancestors bigger, faster, yeah. smarter, stronger? Yeah, I, I would not be shocked if that's the case. Sure, and the you see the fall mm-hmm. over time. There, you see the age limit be reduced. Yep. Why not see the physical and mental yeah. capacities of their abilities right reduced? So maybe in this ancient world we're, we're getting here. Now that still doesn't necessarily have to justify the angelic right sexual encounter with women which i i still just have a hard time processing well but there's something there right and that's difficult on multiple levels because yeah. it's not just it's not just the idea of you know you talked about very very clearly stated from jesus given in marriage um yeah. you know we will be like the angels not given in marriage but also, we're we are a completely different species. Yeah, um, and and that needs to be thought through. The fact that you know, I mean, when when you consider genetics and the leaps we've taken with genetics and understanding what genetics are, um, we we know that there are only a few uh, chromosomes that separates us from from monkeys, but those are significant enough that. Yes that we are a completely different species from monkeys. Yeah. Um, and so you think about angelic beings that are created yeah. by God. I mean, in the descriptions of these angelic beings, we're just, 
I cannot fathom that we are DNA genetically compatible to be able to do certainly something like doesn't that. Doesn't seem that way, dude. Now, I I I was looking here earlier. I bunch of different interpretations. I don't know if this is anybody of note. There are some people that suggest, well, could there be a mediating option that these demonic beings possess mm-hmm. um, human mm-hmm. beings to engage physically with these women? I, I don't know. At, at some point, you just start kind of scratching right. your head and wondering, well, yeah, but it said sons of God. And if you're arguing they're angels, at what point do we, right. you know, it, it becomes um, strange. I, I The idea of the men of renown, because we were talking about that yeah. b- before the cast, my argument would be that fits with uh, the descendants in, in Cain's line that are yeah. marked by worldly accomplishment. Right. And it's almost as if, you know, yes, the world would look and say, whoa, some impressive stuff. Look at the cities, the armies, the innovation, the technology that they brought to the world, and they certainly did. Uh, But look at Seth's legacy. Yeah. There's a group calling upon the name of the Lord. Yeah. By the way, if our audience can, do you hear? I hear it so clearly in the microphone. We have our Life Skills 101 (laughs) group meeting (laughs) while we are recording this. So we may hear some background festivities. We may, but I, I don't think it's usually too bad when things no, happen. No, I no, think, no. I think we usually get, but yes, we, we do have some festivities going on. And yes. It is, uh, it is November, and so there will continue to be festivities. So yes. if you hear people celebrating yep. as we're doing these podcasts. That's our just, background. Just know that's our background. So, well, Greg, this has been a uh, great episode. So Loved glad it. we were able to uh, explore through uh, this obscure text in scripture. Yes. Um, Can't wait to do next week's. That's right. So looking forward to it. And until the next time, we just rock the Casbah. Nephilim style. Thank you again for listening to These Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.